I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On this episode of Newt's World... I'm joined by members of my Inner Circle Club for a fascinating conversation about a wide range of issues and topics on their minds. We hold these regular video conference calls so that we can have an honest discussion about what is happening in America today. I find it extraordinarily helpful to me personally in helping think through the issues that are facing us. So I hope you'll find this episode of Newt's World informative. And if you'd like to become a member of my Inner Circle Club, please go to newtsinnercircle.com and sign up for a one- or two-year membership today. Let me say, first of all, thank you for all of you who have been telling your friends and neighbors about Beyond Biden. It's done very, very well in its opening weeks. And I think it's an important book and a useful book in trying to outline the reforms we need if we're gonna survive as a free, secure and prosperous country. So I'm very grateful to those of you who have been helping with Beyond Biden. Let me also say that I really wanna thank everybody who has been helping us develop new ideas and new approaches. We had a very interesting session today with Liberty University at the Museum of the Bible. I also had a session this morning with about a dozen US senators hosted by the senator from Missouri. And it was a really, really good event, I think, including the number of members of Senate leadership coming and talking about ideas and where we are. We've been doing a great deal of work on the American Majority Project, much of which you can find 
if you go to Gingrich 360. We also have been learning a lot and have had a lot of fascinating breakthroughs on, for example, the degree to which Chinese Americans find themselves very comfortable with the values and the ideas that we believe in. And as all of you know, we discovered that free market capitalism beat big government socialism by 59 to 16. And we have been really working with people at every level of the movement to try to get them to understand the power of a 59 to 16 issue. So I think all of those things are coming together in a way that's very positive. Now, in terms of current events, I have to say, first of all, that Alan Silken discovered a website which has 10 hours of Kamala Harris laughing, sort of a punishment device. It just reminds you what an absurd person she is. And I think it's a comment on where we are today. I did WMAL radio this morning, and we got to talking about yesterday's performance where President Biden and Vice President Harris came sort of dancing out to the Rose Garden, holding hands, laughing and grinning, proving that all the CNN reporting about tension and infighting between the vice president's staff and the president's staff was just not true. And you could tell it was not true because of the sincerity with which they were holding hands and laughing. And I couldn't help myself. I said to the host on WMAL that it reminded me of a Gary Cooper, Audrey Hepburn movie called Love in the Afternoon, which was a box office failure because Cooper was simply too old at that stage. The absurdity of these two clowns dancing their way to a signing ceremony, compared with any president I've ever seen. And Callista had commented to me on the times that she's actually been in the Oval Office for signings and seeing the structure, the preparation, the discipline with which those things go on. These people are just nuts. They have no sense of propriety, no sense of how other people see them. And it was, I thought, frankly, pretty embarrassing. I was asked by the host of WMAL whether with Glenn Youngkin's great victory in Virginia, whether we're now becoming the party of parents and students. And I said, well, we're the party of parents and students and those teachers who are fed up with the bureaucrats and the teachers union. So let's conclude every teacher who wants to focus on teaching, not on bureaucracy or the union's instructions. But I said, we're also the party of people who are tired of paying too much for gasoline. We're also the party of people who are sick and tired of what today in our meeting, Senator Susan Collins told me that the price of heating in Maine has already jumped over 50%. Now, Maine is not a very wealthy state. And if you're not going to have to pay 50% more to heat your home, this is a real problem. We're also the party of people who don't want to be murdered, raped, mugged, or otherwise stolen from. And we're the party of people who believe that police are better than criminals. And we're the party of people who believe that you shouldn't have a million four hundred thousand people break the law across the border with no check for COVID, with no check for criminal record, and by the way, with a secret government program to ship them around America without telling anyone where they've gone. So all those things coming together, I think we might well have a simple slogan next year that 
big government socialism just doesn't work. And when people tell you, oh, of course it works, ask them, do they like the gasoline price? Do they like the fact that there are still today 90 ships that are stuck off of Long Beach? The logistics supply chain is a disaster. I talked to one woman who sells houses, and in March, she ordered the kitchen equipment for four houses, you know, things like dishwashers, refrigerators, stoves. And she's now being told that the March order might come in in January. And she's beside herself. I think that all of the different failures, whether it's the disaster of the way they left Afghanistan, the pathetic performance by Biden falling asleep at the Global Summit. I mean, every time you turn around, there's something weird going on. And I think all that's adding up. Two days ago, we had a report that the generic ballot, that's will you vote Democrat or Republican? The generic ballot was now 10 points to the Republican Party's advantage. I think it was 51-41, which is the largest it had been since November of 1981. 40 years. Today, Rasmussen came out and said, actually, it's grown. By their count, it's now 13 points, which would make it the largest generic ballot favoring Republicans in the history of polling. All that's happening, I think, because people are just fed up with these guys, and they don't seem to learn anything. They didn't learn anything from Virginia, where Glenn Youngkin ran a great race helped elect an African-American woman to the lieutenant governorship, helped elect a Latino attorney general, helped uh, recapture the state legislature. They don't learn anything from a truck driver, Ed Doerr, in New Jersey, defeating the state Senate president. Now, when a truck driver with no experience and no money beats the state Senate president, who in the last campaign four years ago had the most expensive legislative race in the country, you know something weird's going on because you know people are fed up. A Republican woman who won the city attorney race in Seattle, of all places, we had a candidate win in a 73% Hispanic district for a state legislative seat in San Antonio. And yesterday, another South Texas Democrat switched and said that they were no longer Democrats because the Washington Democratic Party was now so radical. So a lot of things are going on that are fascinating and tell me that we have a chance to have a remarkable year next year. And of course, Senator Leahy retired, which opens up Vermont, which people thought was not going to be contestable. So we now have something like seven or eight Democratic seats that we could potentially win in the Senate. And I think we will win between 40 and 70 seats in the House. And the easy rule of thumb is, if we win more than 35 seats in the House, we'll have the biggest margin since 1928, when there were 270 Republicans in the House. So this could really be a pretty exciting period. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Robert Ewald. I'm from Laverne, California. And my concern is that perhaps the Republicans are getting too overconfident because of the stupidity of the current president. I just think that maybe we need to make sure we all buckle down for the midterm elections. It worries me to see so many people saying that we have it made for the 2022 elections, but I don't know whether we're taking into consideration all the shenanigans 
that the Democrats have pulled here in California and in other states regarding the electorate. Well, Robert, I think that's a very good warning. Uh, it's a little bit like football games, which are never over till they're over. Cliss and I own one share of Packer stock. And we watched this year when they won in the last four seconds, in the last three seconds, and in the last 16 seconds. So you're right. Nobody should be complacent. But the trend lines are certainly very bad. And I must say, since you're in California, we have a very good friend, Matt Gunderson, who's running for the state legislature in Orange County. And anybody you know in California can tell Matt Gunderson is a great person, a great business leader, a terrific family man, and he will do a great job in Sacramento. So I just thought, since you're from California, I thought I'd put that plug in. This is Cheryl. Mr. Speaker, a few days ago, I saw a short clip from Mark Thiessen on Fox News, and his perspective I hadn't heard before. He was basically saying that he thought AOC and her folks were Leninists and that they were actually willing to lose in the midterms because they figured at a certain point they would come back into power and just continue to push their agenda. I'm wondering what you think about that, about calling them Leninists, who basically don't mind losing a bit because they know in the end they think they'll win. First of all, if you're in Livingston, I'm trying to remember, is there a Manhattan Grill in Livingston? There's a Livingston Grill. I was out there one year at the Museum of the Rockies. So I have great fond memories of being in the big sky state and the wonderful world that you all live in. Anyhow, Leninism is a very particular position of government from the top, the use of power to coerce people, and was expanded on by Stalin in a book on the history of the Russian Revolution, which I have tried to read, and I will tell you, is very, very hard to read. I was reading it when Claire Christensen and I were writing the book on Trump versus China, because it was very clear that Lenin and Stalin were central to the Chinese Communist Party. And in fact, that Deng Xiaoping had gone to Moscow and spent a year in the early 1920s studying at Lenin University. And they were so deeply committed to Leninism and to Stalin's implementation of Leninism, that when Khrushchev gave his famous secret speech, in 1956, saying that Stalin had done bad things. The Chinese really regarded him as a a heretic and a traitor. And I would say that to understand Xi Jinping, you have to understand Leninism. I suspect that, first of all, nobody in the squad is educated well enough to truly understand what Leninism is. And none of them would have been able to wade through Stalin's book because it is truly, and I say this as somebody who's got a PhD in European history. It is hard to read. I've read enough of it to realize it's really central to understanding the principles that were at the core of the communist version of the Russian Revolution. Remember, the first revolution involves Kerensky, who's a moderate, and it's trying to establish a liberal democratic replacement for the czar and the aristocracy. It can't solve the key problems. And the second revolution is led by Lenin and Stalin and Trotsky. And it imposes a real dictatorship. They fight a civil war until 1923 before they finally have completely dominated the country. 
So it was a long process. It wasn't an easy process. I don't want to underestimate AOC, but I doubt if she's really spent a lot of time studying that. I think on the other hand, if by Leninism you mean the imposition from the top down, then they are clearly Leninists. And in fact, virtually everybody on the hard left in that sense wants to impose a totalitarian state in which they tell you what you're allowed to say. They tell you what you're allowed to believe. They tell you what the rules of the game are and you obey or you get punished by the government. And you see the Biden administration in that sense, adopting many of the core principles of a Leninist system. I mean, using the FBI to go after parents who speak up at a school board meeting is pretty darn close to a totalitarian state. And I think that this whole model, I mean, telling people if they don't get vaccinated, they'll not only lose their job, they'll lose their pension. I mean, this is a level of coercion that we have never seen in peacetime in America. And frankly, we don't see it much even in wartime. I and mean, these guys are really grotesque in how willing they are to use the power of government to punish American citizens who, after all, are supposed to be free, have rights that come directly from God, and are protected by the Bill of Rights. And you can tell that the modern Democrats don't care about any of that. They don't care about the rule of law. They don't care about the Constitution. We have an attorney general who is, I think, devastatingly dangerous. You've had more and more evidence piling up that during the Trump years, the FBI and the CIA were breaking the law. The people who are supposed to enforce the law were breaking it. So I think your question was a very good one. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. 
On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Mr. Speaker. This is Gary Goins, uh, and I think you remember me from your detail. And I'm from Washington, D.C. So my question, Mr. Speaker, is how do you feel about the future of law enforcement as far as the movement of defunding the police, which is outrageous? And we all know that when a budget cut, the fund takes place, usually the first one of the first cuts is the training. And we need more training for our law enforcement officers who sacrifice their lives every day to protect and serve our society. That's one question I had. And the other one is also, I also have a concern about the mental wellness of law enforcement as well. Well, I think both of those are very important questions. To answer the second one first, I think when you're called names and you're described in hateful ways, and I mean, we had a person running as a Democrat in Seattle who said openly, I hate the police. Well, if you're some young policeman who wants to serve the community, and you think what you're doing is noble, and you're willing to risk your life to protect people, I mean, how does it feel to be told that they hate you? And I think that does have a morale effect. It's had a big effect on recruiting. And of course, Governor DeSantis has been very clever in Florida and offered a $5,000 bonus for any policeman who wants to move into Florida. So he's scarfing up, you know, New York and Chicago and Seattle policemen who are going, okay, you know, I get to golf every weekend and I'm getting five grand and they actually like me. I would say, second, that my personal belief is that the tide is turning. If you look at the mayor's election in New York, they actually elected an African-American former policeman, in fact, head of the undercover police force that the left hates, a guy who had been a Republican. He's made very clear since he won the election that he's actually going to do what he said, and he is going to strengthen the police. He's going to put plainclothes people back on the street and if, in fact, Black Lives Matter riots, as they have threatened, he's just said bluntly, he's going to just lock them up. He's not intimidated. I was very fortunate the other day, for those of you who don't get the Newt's World podcast, which I recommend highly, and you get it for free, you sign up for it at 
English 360. We had a wonderful opportunity to have a podcast with Chief Bill Bratton, who was an amazing head of the police force in New York with Giuliani, was also the head of the police force in Boston and Los Angeles, and is probably the pioneering police officer of our lifetime. We had a great interview. And I think he's optimistic that the tide is turning, that when people realize that, in fact, murder rates go up, rapes go up, robberies go up, they suddenly say, wait a second. And even in the African-American community, there's a huge majority that wants to have more and better trained police. And you put your finger on a key part of this. We have to be committed to training if, in fact, we're going to have good police. And we have to accept that training costs money because you're taking them off the street and you're putting them into a school or you're putting them into a training program, but that that's absolutely essential to have the kind of positive policing that we want. Great questions, and I appreciate your asking. I'm Peter Fulwiler. I live in the home city and state of Joe Biden. My question is this. Do you think that Biden company are willing to lose if they are able to substantially and radically change America so that their actions cannot be reversed? Or are they just plain nuts? Oh, I think half and half. I think Kamala's just nuts. She's probably the worst vice president in American history, with the possible exception of Aaron Burr, who turned out to be a traitor and who shot Alexander Hamilton. But she'd be second if you want to really quibble over those things. I don't think they want to lose. I think that they know they're probably going to lose and they're going to do as much damage as they can on the way out. And I don't think they believe that backing off will get them anything. There are two things going on here. One is they're really big government socialists and they're really committed to a hard left woke worldview. And the other is they're really incompetent. They don't know how to fix the logistics supply chain. They don't understand what's causing inflation. They have no idea how to fix the schools. They have no concept of how to deal with immigration. And so I think they showed you that when they withdrew from Afghanistan. I mean, that withdrawal was so painful, cost us 13 young Americans absolutely unnecessarily, was designed so badly that, frankly, every senior officer associated with it should have been fired. And it really weakens the Pentagon to have people who are losers wandering around the building pretending that what they did was legitimate because it creates a kind of sickness, which is a good friend of mine said was the equivalent of watching the French generals in the 1920s who were defeatists and who assumed that Germany would beat them. And I think you've got people in the Pentagon now who really couldn't tell the truth if their life depended on it. They're so used to lying about what they're doing and what they did in Afghanistan was so destructive and they had to pretend it made sense. And it militarily made no sense at all what they did. Good afternoon, Newt. This is John Rederson from Holly Springs, North Carolina. My question was, if in fact the real hardcore Democrat base that's really the zealots is such a minor part of registered Democrats, are there people outside of government, the money people or whatever, that really might bring pressure to bear on Biden and Harris to either change or even force them to step aside? If you're Joe Biden, what do you gain by stepping aside? There's no practical reason for him to step aside. Jill certainly wouldn't want him to. Hunter wouldn't want him to. His staff wouldn't want him to. CNN, to my great shock, has reported 
they had sourced over 35 people talking about the bitter infighting between Harris and Biden and their staffs, which is why yesterday you had this absurdity of Biden and Harris hand in hand dancing their way to the signing ceremony in the Rose Garden. I mean, one of the weirdest moments in modern American government. They're totally inauthentic, totally phony, but trying to convince the rest of us, oh, there's really no problem here. We really love each other. Neither of them gained by leaving. They have the White House, they have Air Force One, they have Marine One, they have Camp David. You know, it's a cool job. And they're not going to voluntarily give up. And frankly, no one has the kind of power that could force them to leave. And the idea that you could bring in the 25th Amendment because Biden clearly has some problems falling asleep, for example, in public at the Global Warming Conference or stumbling around not knowing what he's saying, that sort of thing. But nobody's going to replace Biden with Harris. I mean, Harris is the greatest insurance policy any president has ever had. So, you know, I think even the Democrats are just hoping to get through the four years and find a way to get rid of Harris. And let me just say to everybody, I really appreciate you telling folks about the inner circle. And I really appreciate you telling folks about Beyond Biden. I think we're on to something and I think it's working. And with your help, I think we're going to turn the country around. And I'm very grateful for your support and your interest. And I look forward to continuing to stay in touch. Thank you for listening. And thank you to members of my Inner Circle Club. And if you'd like to become a member, please go to newtsinnercircle.com and sign up for a one or two year membership today. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. 
I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.